0: Tonight, the light of the Jedi goes dark, a closer look at animated Star Trek, and goodbye and hello, Doctor Who. All that and more on the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. And here's our host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 135, of Multiverse Tonight. I'm your host, Thomas Townley. And uh, as we come on the show today, um, well, there's not much really exciting to talk about. We took the uh, puppy to the vet today, it came in about three and a half pounds. Uh, got him some, you know, vaccinations. You know, they trimmed his nails a little bit. You know, he's in good, he's in good health. He's, you know, still an ankle biter. And, uh, we also have to watch out for his, uh, kneecaps. Apparently he's got a little Lux Patella. In fact, if you can hear him in the background there. He's not happy with me because I, I put him into his, uh, crate. So, uh, he's not bothering, bothering me while I'm doing the show. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. And, uh, the only other thing, other than the Canadian wildfire smoke that's invaded Kansas, so the air quality is very poor outside, um, they're making us wear masks again at work. Uh, you know, unfortunately because we're in a county that is in the red with Delta variants, so they, you know, required us to put the mask back on, so I had to get those out again. Luckily, I have, uh, these wonderful things I got off Kickstarter. They're hat mask clips. Basically clip the mask to my hat, so they're not, you know, pulling on my ears and stuff like that. So, it's a great thing. You know, and I hope that I hope the guy, you know, gets those out into like Amazon or something. So, or not. But uh, anyway, let's go on to some Star Wars news. Roger, Roger. Now, if you've ever won the chant, won, won the Empire Strikes Back symphonic suite on lovely vinyl record, now's your chance. The record has been out of print since 1980, but uh, Varsi Saraband Records will be reissuing the LP. The suite was composed by, of course, John Williams for concert performances. Now, in the press release about the release, uh, Varney Saraband Records described it this way, quote, Originally released to supplement, not compete with, the two-LP motion picture soundtrack of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, This one LP release skillfully combines a symphonic suite that John Williams created for concert performance with new arrangements of other cues from the film score. This fantastic long out-of-print album comes in the gatefold jacket with the original iconic Star Wars paintings by William Stout, images of John Williams, and notes from author Ray Bradbury, composer and critic Ray Palmer, and from the maestro himself of print since originally pressing in 1980 a 100 gram black vinyl pressing i was the del- and uh then uh, it goes on with a uh bit more here i was delighted when charles gerhardt asked me if he would record sweet from the empire strikes back since i'm a great fan of his record performances Moreover, I was also pleased with his recordings of the original Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind scores, which he made in association with producer George Gorngold. that I looked forward to this LP with, with special anticipations. The suite, which I had specially written and adapted for concert performance, had been skillfully augmented with other music from the film to form a unified whole. A great orchestra and Gerhardt's opulent sound and dramatic phrasing combine to make a fine addition to a rapidly growing list of great recordings of film music, said the composer John Williams. Well, that sounds very good. I'm a big fan of, you know, those scores, so I don't know that I'd pick it up in LP, though. I don't have a record player. I'm not going backwards. Go forwards. Now, uh, and here's a here's a thought for you. If you can't beat them, hire them. A deepfake artist who goes by the name of Shamuk on YouTube has been hired by ILM slash Lucasfilm as a senior facial capture artist. Now, Shamuk came to the interest of Lucasfilm after he did the deepfakes of Sebastian Stan as a young Luke Skywalker and also deep fakes of Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One, Harrison Forg in Solo as Star Wars Story, and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars. Now I posted on YouTube in a comment, quote, As some of you may already know, I joined ILM slash Lucasfilm a few months ago and haven't had the time to work on any new YouTube content. Now I've settled into my job, uploads should start increasing again. They'll still be slow, but hopefully not months apart. Enjoy. Unquote. At Comic-Con at Home 2021, and by by the way, we'll have lots of news from Comic-Con at Home uh, over these next two episodes, Star Wars The High Republic showed off the next wave of releases coming in January of 2022. The list of releases bore the header, quote, the light of the Jedi goes dark, unquote. The third wave of books set around the Star Wars universe's High Republic period will see the Jedi and Republic overwhelmed by the Nihil, as well as the carnivorous plant monsters, the Drengar. Coming in 2022 will be the adult novel, The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray, the middle school level book, Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland, the young adult novel, Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older, And the Marvel comic Eye of the Storm by Chris Charles Soule. And that brings us to the end of the Star Wars news. Let's go on to some Star Trek news. And uh, we start the Star Trek news today with the Star Trek panel at Comic-Con at home which focused on the new animated Star Treks, and there was a trailer for Star Trek Prodigy and Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2. On Prodigy, we learned that even though it's geared toward kids, it's intended for everyone. Executive producer Dan Hageman said, quote, You just tell a good story from a place of heart, people who are who you can relate to, so we never really view it from a place of it's for kids. It's really for everybody. I think when you go from the perspective of these are characters who don't know Starfleet, all of a sudden you're talking to kids. You're also talking to people who have been curious about Star Trek, but are afraid to jump into Star Trek. It's a great entry point, unquote. Now, its characters are, of course, a group of rebellious kids. The characters are Jenkum Pog, an inherently contradictory engineer, played by Jason Mantzoukas, Rock Talk who, uh, even though she looks like a rock monster, is just a cute eight-year-old, played by really Alazara Gay. Zero, is a Medusan who wears a containment suit in order to keep others from going insane from the sight of her, played by Angus Imrie and, and Murph, played by D. Bradley Baker, who is, quote, Murph is sort of... It's this blob. It's this sentient blob that kind of like Rook took's familiar or a lieutenant or sidekick or something. So it understands what's going on, but it, you don't always understand what Murph is saying. And I think is going to evolve as the series evolves, uh, according to uh, D. Bradley Baker. Now, uh, of course, Captain Janeway, the emergency, emergency command hologram, was played by Kate Mulgrew. Now, we also got a look at the upcoming Lower Deck Season 2. We got word that the mother-daughter relationship between Mariner and Captain Freeman will get some definition. Actress Tani Newsom said, quote, So Mariner and Captain Freeman do end up working together, and in Season 2, you're going to see more of them attempting to work together. It's strange because Mariner, a love of her, she defines herself through rebellion. So when that rebellion is taken away, it's like, how do you function? Unquote. Now we can expect some more silliness with our creators, uh, with our creator and executive producer Mike McMahon, who said, "quote We left a lot of bills to pay with characters and with what was going on in the world. You know, we just keep at it. We were saying this earlier, but there's a really great mix of serious Trek and silly Trek. because if you're on a Starfleet ship, you don't know if you're going to encounter the Jem'Hadar or a guy who traps you in a game. You know what I mean?" You'll see some familiar faces. You'll also see a lot of new fit, new stuff. The Cerritos goes through some real rigmarole. I'm just excited for August. He also revealed that the Paklids will be back uh, this season, saying, quote, I've gotten this cleared, the Packlids. We kind of treated a little bit like how the Klingons were in the original series, or maybe the Romulans were in the next generation, you know. Kind of a big bad force that's been growing, that's out there that has to be dealt with. But remember, the Cerritos aren't necessarily in charge of big missions, so every once in a while, because they did encounter the Paclids first, they do get involved in some stuff. But you'll see the Titan kind of having to deal with more Packlet stuff. Unquote. Now, Lord Dex comes back on August 12th, and Prodigy still has no firm premiere date, but it's still due later this year. From shows with a future to shows that might have a feature. The producers of the Section 31 spin-off are still optimistic about the show that is supposed to feature Emperor Jojo rebuilding the dark little-known organization. Alex Kurtzman, speaking with TrekMovie.com, said, quote, We actually have a couple of Section 31 scripts. COVID, frankly, just changed the game for everybody. And every show, we were on a very specific schedule. That then got thrown completely into whack because of COVID. Even Discovery Season four started many months later than it originally planned, Picard two, everything got pushed. So we're actually on a great track with Section thirty one and I'm very optimistic about it. Now Kurt unquote. Now Kurtzman also talked about how the third season of Discovery was built to set up the show, saying quote, obviously it's no secret ...that we've been working on Michelle's spinoff show for Section 31. So the question was how to do it in an organic way. How to do it in a way that paid off the relationship arc that we, well, was set from the beginning. It's no accident that in the Discovery pilot, Michelle and Georgiou are walking through the desert. In their final episode, they're walking through the snow in a visual echo of what we did in the premiere. There's a whole relationship arc... That they've had from the beginning of the series, and also Georgiou, has never really confronted, in an honest was has never really has really never confronted in an honest way the consequences of her choices as a Terran, and the closer that she gets to the crew of Discovery, with whom she's very bonded and does not want to say so the more she is forced to reckon with those choices. So in knowing that we were going to bring Michelle into the Section 31 show, we need to give her an appropriate goodbye that tied up a lot of the story threads that we set up from the premiere of Season 1, unquote. Now, still nothing has been concrete or, or been announced, and even Michelle Yeoh... Is currently busy between the Avatar sequels and the Netflix miniseries The Witcher Blood Origin. Could this series be the series that gets away? Who knows? Um, Star Trek's first season almost brought back another Voyager crew member. Tom Paris almost came aboard now in a interview with Trek.FM's Primitive Culture podcast. Robert Duncan McNeil that said that he was invited to do an episode of season one, but scheduling just didn't work out. He did say that there was a chance he might show up in season two, saying, I did talk to uh, Terry Matsalis about Picard season two. He and I had a few conversations recently and reconnected, which has been great. Terry had talked about bringing me over there as a director or as an actor, bringing Tom Paris, but it's really been about schedule, unquote. You know, well, we will see him on this upcoming season of uh, Lord Decks. So, uh, you know, maybe he'll pop in on Picard too. Well, sorry folks, you're not going to get rid of Alex Kurtzman anytime soon. Alex and CBS Studios has extended their deal, keeping him at the studio through 2026. His production staff at Secret Hideout will expand its staff... Now, in a statement, CBS CEO George Cheeks said, quote, Extending our valuable partnership with the brilliant Alex Kurtzman and Secret Hideout has been a top priority for CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Alex's vision and leadership of the Star Trek franchise and his ability to create artistic and commercial ser- series across all platforms put him in a special class of creative talent. His substantial accomplishments at CBS and the spirit of collaboration we enjoy with his team are greatly valued and we are excited to build on his already impressive slate far into the future unquote yep so yeah you're you're we're not getting rid of him so sit back enjoy if you don't like what he puts out don't watch it if you like what he puts out watch it yeah, those are your two choices folks now let's go on to the geek news a new trilogy of the exorcist movies are being put into development by universal pictures and peacock ellen burston from the original exorcist will be returning and she'll be joined by hamilton's leslie odom jr now the info that came out states that it will not be a remake but a new tale about Odom's character, a father whose daughter becomes possessed, who turns to Ellen Burstyn's Chris McNeil for help. Now, 2018's Halloween Halloween director, David Gordon Green, has signed on to direct with Morgan Creek Entertainment and Blumhouse Productions, running the show, which will cost upwards of $400 million. And I would just like a million of it. Doctor Who Season 13 dropped a trailer at Comic-Con at home. See, told you there's going to be a lot of Comic-Con news. According to showrunner Chris Chibnall, uh, Season 13 will pick up with the Doctor and Yaz having been traveling together for a while and will be rejoining them mid-adventure as they stumble on companion Dan Lewis, played by John Bishop. Chibnall also said that the new series will be less episodic than the last uh, few seasons, saying, quote, It's all one story, so every episode is a chapter in a bigger story. We've changed the shape of the series for this year, unquote. Now, it sounds like they're returning to kind of the old serialized storytelling that was a big part of the old Doctor Who way back, you know, way back when I was just a lad. Well, good on him. And uh, just days after that panel, news broke that the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whitaker, and showrunner Chris Chibnall will be leaving after the third season uh, in her role. Now, she'll be a part of the six-part serial and three specials before she hands the role over to the next Doctor. In a statement, Whitaker said, quote, In 2017, I opened my glorious gift box of size 13 shoes. I could not have guessed the brilliant ventures, worlds, and wonders I was to see in them. My heart is so full of love for the show, for the team who make it, for the fans who watch it, and for what it has brought to my life. And I cannot thank Chris enough for entrusting me with his, incredible sto- with his incredible stories. We knew that we wanted to ride this wave side by side and pass on the baton together. So here we are, weeks away from rapping on the best job I have ever had. I don't think I'll ever be able to express what this role has given me. I will carry the doctor and the lessons I've learned forever, unquote. Now, no word has leaked out on who might be up for the role. Uh, if you have any ideas, you know, please uh, email us. Uh, we're at tonight multiversetonight at multiversetonight.com or guess, talk to us on Twitter or Facebook. Now, he also spoke about, uh, now, Chris Chibnall also spoke about some upcoming guests on the show. Now, those will include Game of Thrones actor Jacob Anderson, who will play a new character named Vinder, who will have his own ship. Now, they they have no word on when the show will return except later this year. Zack Snyder's The Stone Quarry Productions has signed a first-look film deal with Netflix. The two-year agreement means that Netflix has the first chance at any new movies that the company comes up with. If Netflix passes on a project, he's free to shop it around to other outlets. Now, in a statement, Netflix film Haya Scott uh, Stuber and said, quote, I've known Zack and Deb for years, and was fortunate to be a part of Dawn of the Dead, his first film. I have since had the privilege of watching his career grow and see the evolving impact of his work. To see him return to his roots with Army of the Dead, which is now one of our most popular films, and build a world out of these characters with the upcoming Army of Thieves, an anime series, is amazing to see. We've only scratched the surface of what's still to come and create with with Zach, Deb, Wes, and everyone at Stone Quarry." Amazon's The Wheel of Time series will debut on Amazon Prime this November. A new trailer has dropped at Comic-Con at Home. The show, according to Amazon's quote, follows Moraine, played by Rosamund Pike, a member of the incredible, powerful all-female organization called the Aes Sedai, as she arrives in the small town of Two Rivers. There, she embarks on a dangerous world-spanning journey with five young men and women, one of whom is prophesied to be the Dragon Reborn will either save or destroy humanity, unquote. Now, showrunner Rafe J- Judkins tried to soothe any fans of the book, worried that they would take liberties with the story, saying, quote, I want to stay as close to the books as we possibly can. There will be a lot of th- things different, but stays true to heart of the books and the spine of the storytelling, unquote. Now, Judkins also said that he had mapped out eight potential seasons based on all 14 books in the series. So if you want all those seas- all those seasons, you better watch the you know watch those uh, watch that show. Get your friends to watch it. Paramount has tapped actor Reggie Jean- Reggie John Page to star and exec produce their reboot of the classic series The Saint. The original series from the 1960s starred Roger Moore, and there was a 1997 movie based on the show with Val Kilmer. The Saint is based on the early 20th century novels by Leslie Cartriss about a mysterious man named Simon Templar. No logline for the series has been released. Waterworld. The 90s Kevin Costner flop uh, might be getting a TV series if reports are to be believed. According to a report on Collider.com, producers John Davis and John Fox are on board with Dan Treckenberg, a, trapped, a tap to direct, Davis, in a statement, said, quote, We're going to do the streaming version of that movie, the continuation of that movie, Now well, That would indicate that we would follow the world, say, 20 years after the end of the movie. Snowpiercer has just been handed an order for a fourth season. The TNT series, based on the movie, just fi- finished filming its third season. Taika Waititi's animated Flash Gordon reboot has turned real. According to producers John Davis and John Fox, Taika was tapped to make the animated Flash Gordon movie two years ago. John Davis told Collider, quote, Taika is writing it. It was a movie that has a huge influence on him growing up. It was one of his favorite movies. He initially said to me, let's do it animated. I said, Okay. Then we got into it and started developing it and he said, no, let's do it live action. I said, even better, unquote. Now Flash Gordon began life as a comic strip in the 1930s by Alex Raymond. It was made into a movie serial and in the 1980 was made into a movie starring Sam Jones as Flash Gordon going against Max von Sydow's Ming the Merciless. Now, uh, some sad news to close us out here. ZZ Top's Dusty Hill has passed away. The bass player for the band for more than 50 years, he also sang lead on songs like Tush, as well as backing vocals and played keyboards. He appeared in Back to the Future Part 3, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme, an episode of WWE Raw, Deadwood, and King of the Hill. Hill was inducted with ZZ Top into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004, He died in his native Texas on July 27th. He was 72 years old. And that brings us to the end of the sci-fi week. Now, uh, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute financially, please head on over to uh, multiversetonight.com to check out the show notes. Uh, visit our Tee Public store, and so much more. And if you like to be, if, if and uh, if you're a subscriber, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, be sure to uh, share us with friends, family, heck, people that you hate. If you're brand new to the show, thank you for, subs- thank you. Be sure to hit that subscriber follow button and leave some feedback. Let me know how we're doing. You know, I can't, make this show any better if I don't know I'm doing anything wrong. A special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two days with a brand new comic book edition and two weeks with a brand new sci-fi edition. Now please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. (laughs) Multiverse Tonight is a production of half big Genre Productions, copyright 2021, all rights reserved.